Assalamu alaikum, Fush Awadeep. I welcome you all to Aura's past podcast. Zehra, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Yeah, I can okay. hear you. Yeah. yeah. So the topic of today's podcast is battling anxiety in times of pandemic. We shall be discussing various facets of this topic in detail, and we shall also be trying to understand how we can effectively deal with the mental illness and the kind of agony and the trauma that people are facing in our country right now. So our today's guest is Ms. Zehra Mehdi, who is a trained psychoanalytic psychotherapist who's interested in questions of religion and politics. She is pursuing her doctoral work in studying the relationship between religion, politics, and the unconscious from Columbia University, New York. Welcome, Ms. Zehra. We are pleased to have you today on board. Thank you so much, Sophia. Ms. Zehra, tell me more about yourself and the topic of your doctoral research because it sounds too interesting and very intriguing at the same time and somehow i feel it's very complicated as well so can you please tell me the more about the kind of work that you do and the kind of research that you are actually trying to pursue right now sure sophia see uh, i'm basically doing uh, research in the department of uh, religion where i'm studying how muslims in india are um, amidst the rise of nationalism where constantly their uh, political identity their national identity is put to test how do they balance out how do they navigate being indian and being a uh, muslim psychologically i think that is uh, the the crux of my uh, of what i'm observing the um, the underlying question to that is that how do for a persecuted minority uh, how do religion and, and politics become the same in terms of forging their resistance against the state mm-hmm. so for that uh, so i'm so it sounds like a political question quote unquote but i'm trying to look at the the psychological aspects of it and in doing that what i'm arguing is that in this kind of a um, contestation the the uh, separation between religion politics and and psychology collapse so a lot of people who mm. are fighting co- political issues are actually fighting them on religious um belief systems so for them it is not just a political fight it's a it is an ethical fight of of justice so how do people who are constantly hated who are constantly told you are the enemy you are the and you are anti national find within themselves to be the kind of people that they want to be so okay. i hope i've kind of made it simple yes 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 yeah. uh, it's very interesting like the when you pointed out the ethical identity part yeah so amidst all these uh, identity crisis and all this uh, uh, the actual the pandemic times Uh-huh. how would you put across the narrative of the grief and sorrow it's engulfing our nation as a whole and the kind of uh, image that india on the global scale has been sabotaged so how would you put across that see actually you know my my response to that would be that uh, see the idea of the global image of any nation who's trying to sort of like a democratic nation who's trying to come across as strong and pride and has a history of in the like in the last 5 to 10 years of very intense kind of nationalism this was bound to happen because okay. see you can't have um nationalism which will only destroy or attack or assault one side of the population 
you mm-hmm. will also have to understand uh, nationalism or religious nationalism in cohorts with neoliberalism and a uh, neo uh, capitalism and i think that's why i know a lot of people use the word fascist to understand mm-hmm. it but i i think it's slightly incomplete because let's not forget that hitler was less interested in tormenting non german jews his mm-hmm. target was very clear what is happening right now in india is a complete apathy and a what i called the violence of neglect so it's mm-hmm. not just about um, oh we are going to persecute anybody who who they don't think is hindu or hindu enough mm-hmm. but it's really become that uh, in that narrative that is all a dhakosla you know what we say that's all a performance Na- they don't even fully believe in nationalism because everything oh. else that should support the nationalism cause is completely falling across in shambles this is a populist state where the leader and the party are interested in building their own image and that is why what we have been hit as a country irrespective of um let's see religion and even class for that matter is a complete um absence of any responsibility from the state Mm-hmm. there is any sense of preparation from the state there is act, an active narrative of denial mm-hmm. uh, and and denial in psychology we we know is dangerous as much as it is important by the psyche as a mechanism to cope with unbearable reality but if it's employed for too long it really helps you push yourself to some sort of a debacle it's like saying that you are crossing on the road and you are so convinced that you will not be hit by a by a car or a truck that you don't even see the incoming vehicle now when you do that or if you do that you do two things first of all you might get killed so you endanger yourself but you also endanger the one who is driving the truck so yeah. that kind of a denial is what where we are today so i think this this narrative of uh, grief and sorrow it's very unfortunate but it is actually unfortunately showing us because it's it's coming at a huge unbearable cost to the nation and and the country that the the rhetoric of nationalism is vacuous it is empty it's like saying that you are so busy thinking about the nation that you have forgotten you have completely forgotten about the country mm-hmm. and nation and the country are not the same okay country, as much as it's it's more people it's more functional you can't have a political party that only wants to win elections and not do any kind of governance true true so like uh, before uh, in the last in the first wave of the covid pandemic mm-hmm. we were seeing that the particular community was so much uh, targeted and they were uh, vindicated like so much of in the media and everything people were actually targeting a particular community i, I hope you're understanding what which community i'm referring to obviously mm-hmm. so in the same time the same thing happened a few months like recently in the in the kumela so that what is this like this ranting of islamophobic has been taken a u turn and like 
every community is actually pitching in towards humanitarian aid but the leaders are not actually uh, coming into terms with this how would we try to understand this kind of uh, double standards see sufia one of the things about islamophobia which i always feel that in the discussion of islamophobia people miss is that is the word phobia mm-hmm. Now, phobia as anybody in in uh, in psychology would know has is defined as the irrational fear of something which otherwise poses no danger mm-hmm. as opposed to fear of things which might which might actually cause you harm so what has happened around islamophobia is that you have you've had to create reason for the phobia to actually persist because otherwise mm-hmm. it's completely irrational so you have this entire uh, narrative of invasion and you have an entire narrative of violence as if that is the only narrative available and and, mm-hmm. and i feel at in conversation with the dialogue which is happening globally around race i think it's really important to look at islamophobia as racism mm-hmm. where you brand the yeah. entire community as a race which is dangerous which is violent i mean look at the kind of, i i i hope you remember the kind of violence uh, completely fake memes that yes 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 generated well people apparently quote unquote looking muslim was mm-hmm. spitting on food and were doing this deliberately and the sense was that see an entire community is invested an entire race racially motivated to wipe out india true now that and i will actually say that even in this absolutely devastating moment in indian history there are still mm-hmm. narratives you will find of islamophobia existing even in these times like yes. in, in the find people who are refusing help when they once they get to know they are uh, muslims oh they are okay. people, oh yes it's it's not very much but it's there it's very much there that even okay. when you're dying you don't want help from a muslim volunteer because hey you are muslim so how much of the immense hate which has been planted in the human heart i mean it's very surprising and the kind of hate which has been planted through the years see it is shocking actually sufia because it feels as if the somebody has to be held accountable for my misery and my uh, misfortune and instead of holding the right people or the right system accountable for it the government has given so- the society a ready made enemy called the muslim community okay yes yes so anything anywhere happens you will find the blame has to come on them because you need an enemy Mm. which you can like, com- completely vilify and completely blame and held that if they were to be removed from the face of the earth everything will be fine and this mm-hmm. is a very racial racially motivated argument also so you are saying that islamophobia and this kind of an argument is racial like in- it is i mean see the the difference between religion and race are uh, it's not very it's not always very clear as we think there is but mm-hmm. the mechanisms the way black people are etched out the uh, the way jews were at one point of time the kind of caricature that these people have violent unemployed uh, um completely like invested in their own own 
community unable to integrate these are all these are shared across races so to say okay so like how would you put across this uh, the the indian leaders especially yeah. they are they are putting across this toxic positivity even in general i would say the population because of so much of negativity and hate like the ipl match was going on they are saying okay this is positive it's okay just look at the bright side of the thing where on the other side people are actually dying and there is this mental agony people are going through and in those times people are actually there are people on social media calling okay come on enough of negativity let's focus on the bright side and what is what makes people to be in so much denial even our political leaders they are telling there's no shortage of oxygen there is no shortage of icu beds and on the top of that actually there has there's a threat the like the political leaders are threatening people like if you say that there's shortage of oxygen i'll put you in jail this yes, is yes, yes so what makes people to be so in kalmans of denial like this is why oh, sorry yeah, um, no i think see again i would say this kind of a denial is always dangerous mm-hmm. because the, see you also have to see who are these people um who are saying on social media that let's talk about positivity who are these people you somebody has um, lost a family member they will not talk about these things no so yes, these yes. are also things uh, or comments that are coming from a place of extreme privilege where you mm-hmm. feel acha now i'm tired enough is enough now i need a break mm-hmm. now that is not how it and it's i mean i at a some intellectual level i understand that but this is really not the time to take a break this is exactly what i felt when the caa protests were actually happening where people were telling you take a break don't uh, don't uh, look at the news uh, it it is becoming too much don't don't uh, go to the protest now who can afford to say this people who were yes. at the line of fire people who were going to get affected they mm. can't afford to say this people who are going to be jailed and picked up they don't have that option yes so this kind of and i and i will not mince my word and i know this is a strong word but i but i really need to say this this kind of nonsense mm-hmm. insensitive 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 nonsense will only come from people who are privileged enough to say i'm tired i need a break mm. and as far as leaders are concerned see the moment you acknowledge when we talk about psychology you no know, we talk so much about repair we talk so much about the need for uh, mourning and grieving and we all are talking about it now the first condition of that is that there needs to be an acknowledgement of loss mm-hmm. if if the entire mechanism is going to be invested in telling you bhaiya there is no loss it is all in your head it is all a conspiracy everybody is lying it is all a global effort to malign india how will the mourning happen so where where are where is this coming from like the, the privileged people are telling this or even the general people even the people who are actually blindly following a political ideology like you said fascist ideology even they are telling this it's not only the people in privilege who are telling Mm-hmm. like this is so much it's i think the work of the political ideology through the years which has made people to blindly follow like if you say quoted about hitler the germans knew that persecuting a particular minority is wrong but 
but they did that there's no conformity there's oh, this conformity experiment which was done so see the point also sophia is that within political ideology and as much as we have studied it what we have not been able to study and give enough importance to is the psychology within political ideology of what political ideologies demand from people psychologically mm. what political what kind of emotions do political ideologies capitalize on we because you are absolutely right so like a bunch of people who are saying let be positive are privileged people but the but the, the other people let's see like the non quote and quote rich or the non privileged people talking about it have to talk about positivity because if they don't then they will have to admit and look at the failures of the government yes 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 that's the point true and the best thing is that to know, and that will automatically make you ask questions and at least wonder even if you're not asking questions that how is this failure happening what is happening true true now to and the entire gimmick or the entire narrative is to avoid that kind of an image why do you think there is so much emphasis on image making abroad globally there should be good image of india even in this time when people are going berserk about making sure that the narrative is controlled because mm. the moment narrative goes out people start asking questions mm and hey what is this how is it so many people are dying right left and uh, center and you are banning tweets now when you do this you have to give a response and mm. all these questions will point towards how you have failed and no and and a political ideology which only touts pride and the whole aryan this thing of we are special we are proud we are unique cannot admit failure mm. it's not operating as a governance it is operating as a kingdom which mm. can't yes. fail mm. so when you can't fail you will make sure anything which points towards the possibility of your failure you will hush yes instead of actually taking the things into control they are completely in a denial mode by actually blocking the tweets and i mean because any see, sensible man would say i mean what are you doing but the as i think this is a what this is a very prevalent discourse already that see that there is a disinterest in managing the country mm, yes the, no no country was prepared for the pandemic so there is a there is a reality to it every yeah. country in the world was hit every country did not know what to do very few countries were quick to act i am sitting here talking to you in uh, new york in usa which continues to be the highest uh, uh, rate with which which has the highest rate of infections and deaths new york was badly uh, affected last year yes yes they did not know what to do they had no clue how to manage but the uh, the person in charge governor was coming out and saying we don't know but we are trying our best to manage we are doing this we are doing that we don't know you have suggestions tell us we will try and figure it out now this is somebody saying hey something happened it's awful i don't know i was caught unawares i'm managing now this is somebody also saying we are human something mm -hmm. it us we don't know 
we are we are we are trying to assess and we are trying to figure out whether it is a lockdown whether it is making sure everybody is um, uh, wearing masks there is there are proper provisions this is some this is what i would say a human response a superhuman response is when i say i am so great that i will not be affected yeah so i will so i will not prepared see we are also a country unfortunately where melodrama is not just a genre of cinema it is the way of life so when you have a hero which is going to beat 10 goons single handedly yes exactly you will think he is superhuman and you yes. will think leaders are superhuman so the very idea that we are human we will fall sick we will suffer we will cry we will be affected and we will we will recover this is the human development trajectory mm-hmm. if all your energy is going to be invested in communicating to the world that you are beyond aapko to kuch ho hi nahi sakta nobody can touch you nothing can can uh, touch you how is it that every leader almost of every country at least once has got has got covid but none of our major leaders have got covid of this of this ruling party yes yes that's the point how to be noted yes True, how true. is it possible why because there is no imagine that if you if a leader comes out and say i got covid then he will become human yeah and that, that's not that is the work no you don't have to appear human you have to appear saintly you have to appear yes. godly yes so then that, see you have to understand denial like that that it's a part of denial you have to deny you the fact that your leader is human which is having a system who you have to ask questions from if you, if your leader is god mm. or 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 god like you will not you will not hold them accountable to the same standards but they've recently lost a journalist of their own party mm-hmm. i mean because of the same covid itself but mm-hmm. even then they are actually not acknowledging their failure i mean like it's really to be questioned see it it will take a lot for them to acknowledge their failure and if we uh, look at the systems of governance that have been in place if a party's entire emphasis is on pride mm-hmm. and how great they are and how great they are going to see this is the entire problem i mean if you look at it it's not very different from america under trump where you want to make america great again hmm yes so if the emphasis is going to be on greatness then how will you cope with human things true so even though in it that they have lost uh, a journalist who was very pro the uh, government it is not going to register as something real it is going to be oh we are so sorry that he's dead he could have died from covid he could have died from a heart attack he could have died from from uh, pneumonia it doesn't matter mm. for them the death is an isolated incident instead of being a large part of what is already happening in the in the country instead of collectively analyzing the situation they are just isolating on the one particular person the collective analysis will require them to take some collective responsibility yes and they there is i mean it's it's like ghosting it's like somebody is just not there and this is really like the violence of neglect so there are two kinds of violence in that in my um in my in my analysis 
one is the kind of violence where you are actually hitting the other person assaulting torturing the other kind of violence which perhaps is what we are seeing right now is when somebody forgets about the nation and the people it's the violence of neglect where somebody fails to recognize you as human so so because of this kind of apathy people are actually going through a lot of grief and mental agony mm-hmm. and the whole perspective of life seems to be very shadowy and people are very anxious i mean everyone whom i come into contact with are been dealing with covid even my close ones even in my family my parents are not feeling well and i'm sitting all over here myself i'm feeling so helpless at the moment i don't know it's the kind of sadness which is engulfing my mind and even in people who might come up contact with like i talk to them on phone mm-hmm. the people are telling we are very anxious we are helpless we can't do anything mm-hmm. so is there any ray of hope outside this viruses deaths and this kind of thing in in these times where india is actually battling a person who is worried only about his image and not about mental health issues of the people of his country see uh if you i really um i think to talk about ray of hope right now is also difficult important but difficult mm-hmm. because everything seems to be collapsing right now i don't think i know uh, um anyone frankly speaking who has not suffered a personal loss mm-hmm. or somebody who's not suffered a personal loss is really really worried that they will be next yes this, yes this is a this is a response and the fear is who do you go to Hmm. Whom do we blame actually? Who, but also blame along with blame. Who gives us help? Yes. Who saves us? Who who manages? So yes, as I was talking the um, other day um, at a talk that you know we are we are sort of there's a seesaw between anger and sadness, where mm-hmm. sometimes you are furious because you feel let down because you feel what the hell. because you feel that how is it that we are a, a country of billions who are completely left without any kind of system in place any kind of leaders responsible and engaged in managing we all understand that we all have been hit very badly but how is it that that in the last few weeks where india is seeing devastation after devastation there's no mobilization of anything concrete Yeah, there's just there is just rhetoric, and so, sometimes we will move from that anger to complete depression and despair, where we will feel this is the end. This mm-hmm. is what perhaps the uh, kiamat would probably look like. Yeah, true. And um, I think so. When you talk about the ray of hope, unfortunately, as a therapist. also of somebody who's looked at partition and like other kinds of collective violence it's going to take some time for any kind of hope to sort of uh, dawn upon uh, india right now mm-hmm. having said that i think one hope which i which one sees always in the face of devastation across histories of devastations uh, mm-hmm. globally is that there are some people who always emerge as mm-hmm. so the devastation is not entirely complete in that sense it's not that that there is no one there is no political that the people who we elected are not there but they are people 
there are there are people who despite the fact that they might get infected themselves are running providing strangers are so are so available to help mm-hmm. and i think that is the the take away that if one has to do uh, from this absolutely horrible time that india is facing is that that this uh, that in the face of failures of huge government elected bodies we have a group of strangers coming together helping each other despite yes, yes. past greed and i think that's that's the hope that we should foster for mm. the future of 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 the nation india yes that's very true i mean that's that's a very nice point that you put across that uh, even in spite of all this there are people who are coming out and helping beyond their needs there are people there are actors while on the one side we see insensitive actors going about maldives and everything but there are people there are actors who are actually helping out on the, I on the ground hope, yes we hope that we use these experiences this witnessing that we all are doing right now to reassess our priorities to reassess what is important and who really stands up for us and yes. stands up for each each other maybe it's time to rethink the kind of importance we give to cinema and cricket hmm true 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 yes to really look at the other things and while we i don't know much about the nation and what all that means at this point of time but i think india uh, has a lot of promise because a lot of strangers a lot of young people are using whatever means they can to help each other reach out to each other and there is always yes. promise in uh, and these are not just people who are helping but it's important to also look at them as as a form of resistance true as a form of 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 resistance saying if you will fail us then we will not just st- sit there Still. and complain we will do something we will do yes we will not just sit and stare at the dark we times will, yes you, you you may fail us but we may not but we will not fail each other I yes. think that is also resistance. Yes. So Zahra, can you just give a concluding remarks about the whole topic which we have been discussing in a few lines? So, I think we are faced at a very crucial and a very difficult time in the in the nation. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, as we all know, it is going to be hard for some time. but it is not going to last and it is not going to last because we will work towards it we will yes. work and heal but the work of healing is a difficult one and mm-hmm. i think what is important uh, psychoanalytically mm-hmm. which is useful to take away is that the work of healing requires the work of remembering whatever you have been through so i think for for anyone who is feeling hopeless and helpless and feels that i don't know what is going to happen remember the fact that we have been let down by our uh, leaders but also remember that people are helping yes yes and it is always the combination of this which is going to help us determine the kind of future that we want to have for ourselves and for the nation yes very true thank you i mean that was very nice that you put across uh, we will be we will not just sit and stare at the dark times that we will get up and do something absolutely yes thank you thank you so much zahra for taking out time from your busy schedule and 
enlightening so beautifully thank you even myself i feel so good right now after listening to you about helplessness and everything i feel very rejuvenated thank you so much thank you so much on our podcast for uh, managing the time with me which i know is always a struggle given the fact that i'm not an indian uh, time zone and i have uh, enjoyed talking and i wish and i and i really hope that uh, we collaborate in the in the future sure and sure i'd love to yes i would really look forward to it and, and all the very best for you thank you fished we are same to you all the very best to you as well for your work for your research doctoral work thanks a lot thank you thank you yes so thank you everyone uh, we'll be back with in the next podcast thank you everyone see you all